Before you guys this morning, there stands really two doors. One of them we've been talking about all weekend. It's the door that really says, enter here for true and lasting happiness. Enter here to find life, to, to find the, the things that we often are searching for as humans, happiness, fulfillment, flourishing, a sense of belonging. And Jesus has been inviting us to that in the sermon on the mount. That's what we've been studying, the beatitude. So that's one door. And we've been talking about enter at your own risk because from our perspective, it seems upside down. It seems backwards. And in a lot of ways it is. You have to come to the end of yourself. You have to come to this place where you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, trusting that he will lift you up. And so today that is one door. But there's another door that we've kind of referenced but haven't fully explored. There's another door that basically says, enter here to die. <laughs> that sounds dramatic, but that's what the scriptures say. We have these two doors. One says, enter here for life and blessing and flourishing and happiness. And there's another one that says, enter here for destruction, for death, for deception. And so this morning, you're going to have to wrestle with which door are you going to walk through? Which door are you going to look at all of the warning signs, all of the things that stand above it and say, you know what? That's the door that I'm going to choose to walk through. Because at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, we've referenced it a few times, but in Matthew 7, Jesus presents two ways, two doors. He presents two paths. We know them as the wide path and the narrow path. And he said, wide is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life, that leads to happiness. We have two paths, two trees, a thorn bush and a fruit tree, and then two foundations, the foundation of the rock and the foundation of the sand. And we've been focusing on maybe the, the more positive, the, the narrow path, the path that Jesus wants you to be on, the door he wants you to walk through. But this morning, I want you to come to grips with that there is another path, there is another door. And for you, if you are not in Christ, that door, if you walk through it, will lead to destruction. It'll lead to deception that ultimately leads to destruction, which leads to uh, a broken relationship for eternity with God. So let's look at these two ways, these two doors, especially in Matthew 7. If you got your Bibles, open there, Matthew 7. And again, this is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. In a lot of ways, the Beatitudes, which is what we've been studying, kind of stands at the front of the sermon and serves to introduce all of the themes that Jesus then spends time filling out for the rest of the sermon. And so when we get to Matthew 7, this is the end of the sermon in its entirety. Jesus returns really to the beginning and reminds us that he is inviting us to one way, but there is another. There is another way, but it doesn't lead to life and blessing and happiness. It leads to death and destruction. Look at it with me. Matthew 7, verse 24. He says, everyone then, this is Jesus speaking, who hears these words of mine, everything that Jesus just spent time saying, everything that we've talked about this weekend, he says, everyone then who hears these words, who knows of this door and does them, obeys them, 
builds their life off of them, they will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. There's a sense of if you walk through the door that we've been talking about, enter here for happiness, you will be a wise man that has a firm foundation. There's a picture of stability and, and strength. There's a, the idea of this will last. This is true. This is trustworthy. Trustworthy. You can count on this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And he goes on in verse 25 and says, The rain fell and the floods came. The world came crashing down. Everything that we thought to be true and valued on this earth, it all went away. The winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock, on the narrow path, on the door that we've been talking about entering into, which says lead, enter here, then it'll lead you to happiness, to true flourishing and vibrancy in Christ. So point number one for you this morning, I want you to summarize really the whole weekend. I want you to build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. I want you to build your life, put everything that you are, everything that you have on the rock of Christ and trust that he is the firm foundation on which you can stand. A foundation that will never crack or crumble. A foundation that will weather any storm. A foundation that will lead you into the gates of heaven. That's how he begins in Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's how he ends the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who build their life on the rock of Jesus Christ, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the keys to Zion's city, the place where God dwells. Build your life on this rock. Now, another thing that we need to just draw our attention to is the wisdom language that Jesus is using all throughout the Sermon on the Mount. Even in Matthew 7, 24, right? He says, everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. There's a lot of wisdom themes and wisdom literature woven into the Sermon on the Mount. And if you took, for example, Psalm 1, one of the most famous Psalms, which stands at the beginning of the collection of Psalms, and you put it over top the Sermon on the Mount, what you're going to see is that they talk about the same thing. Psalm 1 says, blessed are those who delight in the law of God. But the wicked, he says in Psalm 1, are not so. They're not the tree that's planted by rivers of water. They're they're like chaff that the wind drives away. There's these two paths, even in Psalm 1. And Jesus reiterates those in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and says, which one are you? Are you the wise man or the foolish man? Are you building your life on Christ and, and his foundation or on the world and its foundation. So let me just read you the first verses of Psalm 1. I want you to see these these connections, these, these wisdom principles that Jesus is drawing our attention to. Psalm 1 says, blessed, that's the word we've been using in the Beatitudes, right? Blessed is the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Psalm 1 begins and says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Blessed is the person that looks at the foolishness of this world and keeps on moving. That's what Psalm 1 says. 
Doesn't walk, doesn't stand, doesn't sit. And what I love about Psalm 1, remember when we talked about in the beginning of Matthew 5, Jesus sits down on the mountain, he takes his place as rabbi, as teacher, and begins to reveal revelation from God, teaching the crowds. Well, in Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So this is the antithesis of Jesus, who is this wise prophet inviting us into a way of life. The person who is blessed avoids those who sit in another seat. They sit in a seat of foolishness, and they teach things that are foolishness. Right? They sit in the seat of scoffers. It's like they are the teachers and authority on tomfoolery. And that's what Psalm 1 says. Blessed is the man who keeps it moving past the counsel of the wicked, the way of the sinners, and he doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers. He doesn't become an authority on all things foolish. He becomes an authority, so to speak, on the way of Jesus. And Psalm 1 goes on and says, but his delight, the thing that he treasures most is in the law of the Lord. And on his, on his law, he meditates day and night. And here, even the image and the illustration that is used reminds us of the Sermon on the Mount. He is like a tree. Matthew 7, two trees, a thorn bush and a fruit tree. He is like a tree in Psalm 1, planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. He finds life. He finds happiness. There, if there is this intricate connection between the Sermon on the Mount and the blessings that Jesus is inviting us to and the wisdom of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who sees the way of Jesus and who walks through the door that Jesus invites him into. That's what we see. And so all the things that we've been talking about and the ways that we've been building up to even this morning is you need to build your life on things that will stand. This world will not stand. The things that you love and cherish outside of Christ, they will not stand. The things that you value and hunger and thirst for, they will not satisfy. But Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man with a house that is built on a firm foundation, one that will outlast any storm and it will continue to be built into the coming kingdom. Everyone who hears these words of mine will be like the, the wise men. Build your life on the rock of Jesus. There's no greater pursuit. There's no greater treasure. There's no greater hope. There's no greater joy than knowing that you have built your life on the foundation of Christ. And really what we're talking about, this invitation that Jesus has given us into the, the good life, into the life that leads to happiness and blessing and flourishing, it's going to require us to say again, everything I have, everything I am belongs to you, Christ. My life belongs to you. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm not going to pursue selfish things. I'm going to selflessly, upside down, give my life away so that I can find it. That's what Jesus says. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. That's what it means to build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. You're like a tree planted by streams of water. There's this vibrancy and flourishing. You will produce fruit. It will lead to joy in all that you do in Christ. You will prosper. 
Not in some sort of uh, health and wealth prosperity way, but in a, in, in a spiritual sense. Jesus says you will prosper. You will be like a wise man with a firm foundation. You will experience flourishing even if the world around you is decaying and dying. You will have life. That's why Jesus came, John 10.10. 10. I came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So the first door before you, we've been talking about all weekend, is the path towards Jesus. Jesus is the path. He's inviting you. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Go to Jesus. Build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. And you will experience satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness in this life that nothing else can even come close to giving you. Blessed is the man who rejects this world, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of scoffers, but he delights in the way of Jesus, in the words of Jesus, in the law of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. He builds his life on the rock of Jesus Christ. And that's the first door, the the positive door, the, the door that we want you to see and open because Jesus is inviting you to, but there is another door that Jesus draws our attention to. Look at it with me in Matthew 7, 26. He says, and everyone who hears these words of mine, and in this weekend, you've all heard the words of Jesus. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, The winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Jesus says, listen, there is another door and you can walk through it. But if you do, you will be like a fool who builds his house on the sand and great will be your fall. That's what Jesus says. Great was the fall of this foolish person. And that's point number two for us. Beware of the fall that comes from rejecting Christ. Two doors before you this morning. One is the path, the way of Christ, the firm foundation of Christ. The other is to be deceived and enticed by the things of this world and to open the other door that ultimately will lead you to your fall, to your destruction. Beware of the fall that comes from rejecting Christ. And again, I want to draw our attention to, to Psalm 1 because we could overlay these on top of each other and see that these themes connect. Psalm 1, two paths. Matthew 7, two paths. Psalm 1, the, the wise and the, the fool. Matthew 7, the wise and the fool. Psalm 1, blessing and, and cursing. Matthew 7, blessing and cursing. We, we see them side by side. They're, they're the same path. They end in the same thing. Psalm 1, verse 4 said, the wicked are not so. They don't prosper. They don't flourish. They don't grow. They don't have a constant source. They don't have a firm foundation. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. And chaff, right? Maybe you're familiar with that illustration, but that's when they would take the barley and they would beat it out and the chaff, it would separate. And and so they would throw it in the air and the chaff would be blown away by the wind and the grain would fall to the ground. And that's what they would keep for harvest. It says the wicked are like chaff thrown in the air and blown away because of their foolishness. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Psalm 1 says, therefore, the wicked will not stand, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Why? Because their appetites were for this world rather than the next. They will be like the the man that builds his house on the sand. And Psalm 1 finishes by saying, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Listen, let me level with you. Sin, the world, is enticing. I mean, that's why we want it. That's why we desire it. That's why our flesh craves it. You will desire outside of Christ in your flesh things that will lead you to your destruction. They will lead you to building a house on a foundation that will fall. And Jesus says, great will be your fall. You can have the biggest mansion that you could possibly build on this earth, but if it's on sand, it's all going to crumble. And you might be inside right now. You might have the biggest flat screen, a theater room, a game room. You might have exactly all the things that you would want in this world, but it's all going to crumble because the foundation is not built on rock. It's built on sand. And the door that leads to destruction leads to separation from God. It's not a path of blessing, either in this life and certainly not in the next. It's not a path of wisdom. It's not a path of happiness. It's a path of deception. It's a path of destruction. Jesus presents in Matthew 7 two paths. The wide path, which he says is easy. It's easy to love the world. It's easy to sin. It's easy to give in to your foolish appetites. It's easy to give in to the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes. It is easy to go to your destruction, Jesus says. It is easy. That's why so many people are on that path. I don't want you on that path this morning. I want you on the path that leads to life. It's narrow. It requires self-sacrifice. It requires coming to the end of yourself, admitting that you have nothing, that you are nothing, that you're mourning and grieving over your sin. But at the end of that, at the end of yourself, you will find riches. And as we've been saying all weekend, a payday will come in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places will be yours. And the guarantee of that is the spirit of God. That's what Paul tells us in Ephesians 1. He's the guarantee of our inheritance in Christ. There's two paths, a wide and a narrow, two trees, a thorn bush and a fruit tree, and two foundations, rock and sand. And I don't want you to leave here having built a house on sand, loving the things of this world and thinking that that's going to find satisfaction, that's going to provide fulfillment and happiness. Jesus says, you are a fool. Psalm 1 says, you are a fool. You're, you're like chaff that blows away in the wind. You're so fickle. You're so easy to deceive. But Jesus says, the person that builds his life on the rock, the wind's going to come, the rain is going to fall, and it will stand. But if you build your house on the sand, great will be your fall. So if this morning you decide to walk through the path of destruction, I at least want you to do that being aware of the dangers. There's no danger sign on the path to destruction. 
on the path to life, it says enter at your own risk because you're going to have to come to the end of yourself. But in the path to destruction, there's no danger sign. There's a welcome sign. It's a neon flashing. It's, it's everything that you'd want it to be. It looks enticing. It looks appealing. But it, it leads to destruction. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. And Jesus is that way. But the way of the wicked will perish. There's two doors before you this morning. One that leads to life and flourishing and happiness. One that leads to death, destruction, and misery. And Jesus invites you to experience happiness and fulfillment and contentment and ultimately life that will bring joy and satisfaction beyond whatever this world could possibly offer. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the words of Jesus. I thank you that there is this clear invitation and warning that there are two paths, that there are two doors for us to walk through. And Father, I pray for the students here uh, that there would be a sense uh, of self-denial, that there would be meekness, that there would be humility as we talked about on Friday, that we would not think too highly of ourselves, but rather we would have a high view of you and a low view of ourselves. Not self-hatred, not low self-esteem, but a a low view of ourselves in comparison to you that we would echo the words of Isaiah and Isaiah 6, we are undone in the face of your holiness and your greatness. And at the end of being undone, we see that we come together in Christ, that we are picked up, that we are brought from being low to being exalted in Christ. I pray that the students here would truly understand the door that they're walking through. And if they're walking towards the path of destruction, Father, I pray that you would remove them from that path that you would sovereignly place them on the path of life and flourishing and that you'd be glorified in doing it. In Jesus' name, amen.